Hi there, I'm Glenn Saville, and you're listening to the Always Race Day podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number oof, 152 of the Always Race Day podcast. I'm Connor Ferguson. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hello. Damon uh, will join me in a second. Um, if you're watching anywhere else, uh, audio version, this is a, a dirt episode. Obviously, we uh, title all the shows and you can kind of uh, figure it out but i like to get that out of the way at the start um just in case someone uh from the pavement side might be listening but if you are from the pavement side please give us a watch a listen wherever you want to consume our podcast we think you will uh at the very least enjoy uh hearing what we have to say we tend to get into a few fights and uh, debates and stuff that people tell me we argue like a married couple so if you enjoy it let us know please uh like and subscribe uh whether you're on youtube spotify apple Podcasts, or another um and thank you again uh to the fine people at the carl auto group uh for being the presenting sponsor of the always race day podcast and everything we do at alwaysraceday.com it has been a wild ride this year we have some big big plans uh for 2024 and beyond and uh I cannot wait to uh, see how everything plays out. So if you guys uh, allow me to, we're going to bring on uh, Damon Helgeval. Appreciate you all for listening. What's up, guys? Uh, Damon joining us here on the Always Race Day podcast. I already did. I already told you what we're listening to, who sponsors us, stuff like that. Um, let's let's hop right into uh, another great dirt racing weekend, kind of uh you know unexpected uh, at least for this story uh with logan cv uh going out and sweeping the usac portions uh of the four crown national what a year it has been for him i mean wins the chili bowl uh has been a consistent threat with the silver crown tour uh obviously goes and, and sweeps eldora third guy to ever sweep the usac portion of that event um i really wish they could figure out a way to have uh, the world of outlaws or whoever the top touring all you know i want all the big sprint cars there too uh and then i i logistically we're not thinking logistics when i usually when i bring something up on this show logistics got the window so this isn't an indictment on anybody nor am i saying that someone should have bent their knee and gave logan cv a brand new race car to just run the wing sprint car portion i just think it sucks when you got a guy willing to do triple duty and he's not in a wing car at the end right it's it's tough because you can't just have someone bring out like this random extra car they have but yeah i mean it, it is tough because especially in today's day and age where money drives everything anyway so if you don't have a guy that uh, is willing to fund your ride and you don't have a sponsor that's willing to fund it it's harder to bring stuff out especially at a place like eldora right like that's a track that high speed where a lot of carnage can happen at a place like that um but at the end of the day, I think that is, I think that is still something you'd like to see, right? Like, like you said, logistics be damned. It'd be pretty cool if, if someone could have gotten that opportunity for him, but nonetheless, really, really good weekend. Um, and yeah, talk about a guy that is taken and making the most of every opportunity he's been given right now. 
For sure. And then uh, obviously, unfortunately, um, we see Brady Bacon was going to try to do that, um, try to go quadruple duty um, and race. And before the action could pick up on Saturday, uh, Brady got some methanol in his eye, I believe his eye swelled shut. Uh, he had to go uh, over to the area hospital. I do not know where that is at because I've driven in and around Eldora the three times I've been there, two times I've been there. I have not seen a hospital anywhere. So it must have been a decent drive from the track. Um, it's the one direction you didn't go. Probably. Did I tell you about the time I pulled out of Eldora after the races and didn't realize I was empty on gas? Yes. I think I've told that on here. Yeah. I, I mean, I did a circle around the facility. I, I, I had it by three miles. If there's anyone escaping from prison or anything, I would have seen them for sure. Yep. <laughs> uh, but Brady, uh, Brady tweeted, thank you uh, all for the thoughts and prayers for a quick recovery for Brady. Unfortunately, last night at Eldora went in every direction except the one we had intended it to go. Um, that's kind of about his night and results and stuff. Um, but it says in the midst of preparing the cars, he encountered an accident with a device which shot methanol into his eye. Uh, he was able to quickly run to the infield care center at Eldora, uh, where they flushed it multiple times with saline and gave him numbing drops to help ease the severity of the burning pain. He started the USAC main event and was running 15th when the engine gave out on the 69 car five laps in. Soon after Brady uh, pulled back into the pits, his eye was nearly swelled completely shut, forcing him to end his night and forgo the final two main events in which he was set to start. Uh, it's been a slow day of recovery as his eye is still swollen shut, but has gotten some somewhat better as the day has gone on. Thank you all again for reaching out to check on him uh, and for the well wishes. Um, so yeah, scary stuff with uh, that. I don't think uh, having your eye swelled shut uh, would be a fun time but uh obviously also that we hope brady uh is okay and get gets back out on the tour uh as soon as he can you don't want to see uh you don't want to see that happen at all you want to uh you don't want to see him miss out on an event like that too like that's a guy that is just as capable of of winning multiple races there at Eldora, right? Brady Bacon's a guy that is capable of winning in any car that he gets in. So uh, tough to see, but yes, I'm with you. Hopefully he gets the, uh, hopefully he gets things uh, cleaned out, flushed out, and he's capable of uh, returning here soon. Yeah, and he is uh, in second points um, for that Amsoil uh, non-wing sprint car championship that USAC puts on. Uh, I know everyone wants to see him go and try to contend uh, with that again. He's obviously the defending champion uh, of that series. Um, Midgets Logan CVS kind of ran away with things um, on that front. Uh, but yeah, as far as, you know, wanting to get that guy back out on track uh is a big deal so uh zeb wise was able to uh capture the all-star circuit champions trophy um and championship for uh Rudine racing obviously tyler courtney had those races he was out um, but it is an owner's points championship macri filled in it came down to the last race it came down to that spot for uh zeb wise to get the win and he got it over Tyler Courtney. I think it, I mean, I get where the, where that tour is right now. And you might not think they're, 
that good of drivers, they're in our top 25s every week. They're fantastic. And having them, having it come down to the wire like that for a race, that is nuts. I think it's going to be the closest modern day, like non-playoff format dirt title ever. What uh, would you say the point differential is? I believe he had to win. Let me let me do a double check in here. Because we'll, yeah, we'll, talk, we'll talk the dirt bikes in a second, but I was watching that and I was confused at the point situation. So obviously I need to um, spruce up my knowledge. Uh, with I mean, regardless though, really, really good run for Zeb to take advantage. Like I, it sucks. You don't want any driver to have to miss time, right? But for Zeb to take advantage when Courtney was out, um, that, that's, that's a big deal right? Like no one's been able to touch Tyler Courtney since he went full-time in the all-stars. And, and it's, it's for a routine team that, and I got it right here. It was eight points. Um, so if it was vice versa, then maybe Tyler would have needed the win while Zeb finished third. Maybe that was, right. the, I think that might've been the caveat to it. I didn't watch it live and I didn't watch it with sound when I watched it. So, uh, there is still, um, they have the Tuscarora 50 on their schedule. It's not a points race for them. Uh, so that is still to come next week, which I'm amped about. I think it, I think they chose a good date for it, at least in my opinion. Um, you, you know, every big team in the country is going to be there and you want to make it a big race. Well, you made it a bigger one with this. Um, but yeah, for, for Zeb to get that win for a routine team who, since I really got deep into dirt racing and started covering this sport, they've always had speed, but they've never had the finish and God damn, is it cool when you can see teams like that finally take a step up or get that next uh, accomplishment that they've been chasing and chasing and chasing with multiple drivers um, and multiple approaches to things. Um, and obviously with what they do at the race, Rudine Foundation, um, very cool people. We need to try to get that their uh, team owners on the show sometime. We'll work on that. Uh, but, Massive congrats to Zeb there. Sorry, Damon, I cut you off every time you tried to speak on that whole thing. Yeah, no, I, I was just saying it's really, it, really good run for that group. And what a good group of people too. But like you said, they've had speed even back to when Elias and drove that car, right? Like they were always in contention uh, for a lot of different race wins, not only just with the outs, uh, with the all-stars, but even some of the big, you know, some of the big days that they had with the, the outlaws too. Um, in, in contention for some big wins across the board in, in general. So really, really happy for that group. Really cool to see them uh, take advantage. And really cool for Zeb Wise. Like the guy gets uh, a top-end ride and is making the most of it. Like he's getting a fast car and he is getting and making the most of it. We talked about CV making the most of his opportunities. Like Zeb is a really good talent. Like I, in my opinion, I think he's a little underrated for some of the talent that he brings to, to driving sprint cars. Yeah. Uh, he kind of, he kind of gets, and obviously some people are going to fly under the radar. Yeah, but some and some people are gonna look at listen to this and go, well, you're the media, hype up Zeb more. I get it, I completely do. Um, it's tough to run that full all-star circuit champion schedule because it limits your time um in front of uh what I would call not not that it's a flat out if you're an outlaw driver, you're better than an all-star. Or if you're driving high limits, you're racing a better field than the all-stars. I think in a lot of cases that might be true, um, but flat out left to right, you know, Tyler Courtney's no slouch. Um, that tour isn't 
full of uh, just guys who don't know how to drive race cars. I mean, they're still winning big races there. So uh, I think that's part of Zeb's deal. I don't know what Rudine is planning on doing for next year. I think uh, we're waiting on what a lot of teams uh, are looking at doing next season. Um, and that's kind of going to be the next stage of uh, the off season here, especially with Brad Sweet uh, expanding on his title again, on his title uh, lead his points title lead uh, again this week. And man, that dude is just so consistent, Damon. It's ridiculous. It, you know, it really is. Like we, we talked about it on here um, during that middle part of the summer, right? Like right before they, they went on that run to California and he kind of put together a couple of wins and, and stuff like that. Right. Like the guy doesn't put himself in bad situations. You don't see Brad sweet. It make too many mistakes. Like if Brad is in a wreck or is, is some, something goes wrong. Very, very, very rarely is it Brad's fault. Like he just doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't do a whole lot of things that put that car in harm. Um, he's okay. Taking home a fourth place finish. Like he's okay with that. He's not going to try to go and, and turn a fourth into a second and end up 25th. Like he, he is okay making a fourth place car be a fourth place car. Yeah, I completely agree with that. He points races just like everyone's kind of taught to do. And, you know, if you're a world of outlaws fan or a, a sprint car fan that doesn't pay attention to points, well, you should start. If you like this points format, if you like not having playoffs and there's pros and cons to both systems, I promise. Uh, if you like what this format is, uh, then you better pay attention to points all 90 races of the year because they come back to bite you and they matter very much. So let's, let's get into a little topic of that dirt bikes. Uh, I know how much we talk about on this show is a very elementary level. Um, and I, if you put a dirt bike expert on and he had me say this, I, I would get slapped in the face, but I really wish we would do uh, something for the super motocross championship. They uh, raced in Los Angeles uh, for their title race uh, on Saturday. Chase Sexton was leading late and got, I mean, hurt himself, uh, wrecked that classic start of the season, late race mistake for Chase Sexton while he's in a good spot. Didn't do it a lot on the motocross side. Uh, maybe we just didn't see the pressure cook up because of how dominant Jet Lawrence was. Um, but man, it sucks. He is a talented racer and you just hope that he's not riddled with, um, not to call it mental health or a crisis or something, but just the nerves that get in your head when you're leading a race late. I just hope he can perform to his full potential when we see less of it next year. That's really what I'm looking. But uh, the thing that was going to get me yelled at by a, a dirt bike or a supercross expert, I wish this would go into a, a four guys, one race, um, winner wins the title. You don't need two races in the same day. I think it's asinine to have them go out on the same course and run two 20 minute races and not change anything about it. I, I guess it prevents, like, if you get a bad start, I guess you're sheltering yourself. What do you say? Sorry, Damon. So, so how do they, I mean, is it so, points leading in that final race or is it just like a free for all basically? Yeah. So they did, uh, the Charlotte, uh, drag strip host the first race or the first races. Um, but you run two races and your average position is your quote unquote finish. So you get points paid for 
quote unquote one race rather than two. Um, and it's your average position between the two. So they raced at Charlotte, had uh, two motos there. Um, and then they raced at Chicago Land Speedway, had two motos there, and then LA on Saturday and had two there. So six total races, but you get points paid out for three of them. And then it's, it was really confusing how they were choosing um, the guys, I guess. I, I don't know too much about it. I mean, the top 40 in Supercross, you can put a blanket over the top 20 and still have the same title race you're going to have if you let 20 guys under 40. So I wasn't too concerned about that. Um, and in the back of the field, it does matter for them. They gave out a lot of money. I just hope next year it comes down to something um, a little closer and they were there's four minutes left in the race and one of the announcers said something like oh if roxon passes him he he has a chance to win it and from everything i looked at i don't think that was anywhere close to accurate because i was like if this is for the championship if this two guys on the track that are 25 seconds in front of everyone else if this is for the title then they are not announcing it properly and thankfully i was correct in my thinking that it wasn't um but also i i looked at my boyfriend and i was like yeah, I think part of that is uh, that they're really confident Jet is going to win too. Um, he's just that good. Year of uh, Jet Lawrence, and he caps it off with a million bucks. So, he's, did you know he's not even twenty-one yet? No, he might be the most impressive young phenom we've seen in racing in the past five years. That is uh, that's impressive, man. If he's yeah. not twenty-one, he's won a million dollars. He's doing a hell of a lot better than you and I are. No kidding. And he can't buy any of that on beer. I know. Well, yeah, he can if he's 21. He, well, he's, he'll have to wait. Wait. Put it in the bank account. Save it, son. <laughs> all right. Uh, did you have anything? Did you watch that at all? Did it entice you to watch I, it? I feel, I, like, even, I, I feel like everything. I feel like everything. was on until you yeah. did something. Yeah, and I, I've been very under the weather recently. We haven't put uh, as many previews up as we usually do. Um, don't worry, that'll change in the coming weeks here. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was cool. I think everything looks really enticing, uh, especially the first time it's on the schedule, the first rumblings you hear of an event. Um, any race can sound exciting, right? But then you put it on College Football Saturday and you don't really know uh, where that's gonna shake out, where it's gonna put you guys and what the move is there. I really think like football's dominating so much that, you know, if you're even close, just adjust your schedule. And I know it, like motocross goes like into August, like they, they want to do that, but I don't know, do something to get it more, more visibility. Cause we saw even NASCAR can't put great ratings out on a Saturday night uh, when they have a crown jewel race at Bristol. So depending on how big that TV deal is and, and what the ratings say and stuff like that, I'm sure it was still a smashing success, actually. Now that I think about the numbers I see for Supercross and stuff, their numbers to get aren't as hard as, you know, IndyCar for a big race or a, a regular NASCAR race on a Sunday. Was, was it on directly after football on Saturday? Or was it, like, simultaneously? I watched on Peacock, so I don't think it would have been... I think it was on NBC Live. I'm not sure. I know it got replayed Sunday, you know, while the NFL is on and as weird as that league is and everything. But, um, no, I got I got home and I watched on Peacock, and I think it might have been on USA, honestly. 
I don't know why I can't remember, but yeah, it, there wasn't a football game playing on it before. I don't think it started after the Notre Dame Ohio State game. I don't think it was. It might have. I mean, they started at nine central, so it might have uh, interlocked it. What am I trying to say? Intersected TV windows overlapped. That's whatever. Same difference. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last thing I want to get a little shorter episode and then uh, I might have an interview coming later this week. We'll let you guys know. Um, Dale Jr. is going to be at this high limit race Tuesday. There's also a uh, Castro Flow Racing Night in America race on Wednesday uh, that I'm pretty excited for too. Um, but this high limit deal at Lernerville is going to be really cool. Uh, you talk about uh, guys in the sport that have a brand that transcends it and the list is pretty small um, as far as motorsports guys go and Dale Jr. is on it and he hasn't been in Clint Boyer and Ricky Stenhouse's RV over the past five years watching the World of Outlaws. He hasn't been tuning in on Dirt Vision regularly uh, like other people do in our world um, and instead uh, Tuesday because Kyle Larson uh, agreed to drive in a cars tour race, uh, Dale agreed to come to a high limit event. It's going to be at Lernerville Tuesday night. Um, really big moment uh, for the sport of sprint car racing. Uh, not that Dale Jr. is flooded with money and he's just going to throw it in the infield at Lernerville and let the teams pick it up and roll, uh, but really an impactful voice in this sport um, and getting him in front of sprint cars and seeing how cool uh, they are. And I, I feel like no matter how I say this, I'm overstating the importance, but um, with how big of a brand Dale Jr. is and, and how um, entertaining, I would say, of a guy he is and, and what he is able to do uh, with his podcast, I'm really excited to see what he thinks about it, what what his pros are, what his cons are, and uh, everything from here to there. And I'm, I'm amped to see what he has to say, but uh, I'm excited to see what he actually thinks. Uh, when he's in there taking it in. So I, I'm, hopefully it's on the broadcast a little bit, but I'm, I'm really amped to see it Tuesday. I'm guessing they're going to put him on the broadcast. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see him not show up there and do sm like a small interview with, with Chris Wilner or somebody even go up into the booth, but what a, what a cool deal. Cause he's actually been hyping this up on his podcast. Like he's been talking about it on the podcast and uh, went this past weekend, they were running over at the dirt track at, at Texas and he was helping out his, uh, his nephew run some box stocks and stuff like that. So um, really cool. I'm excited to see what he thinks. Like he said, I, I want to hear what he has to say. He has a great outreach of fans and, and um, this is, there's a no better guy. I think even in today's racing to tie the two, the two sides together as much as Larson can. there's one guy that can unite almost all nations. And I think tail junior is the guy that can do it. I was on a pretty good uh, trajectory for that. And then Eldora introduced me to their stupid ass wheel. Yeah, well, the wheel is fun. <laughs> How dare it's you? It's fun. Uh, we're, going, we're going out on a bad note like that. Um, Damon is going to hop on for <laughs> our asphalt show. Uh, we're going to get into that. Um, we've split it up just for the sake of uh, promoting stuff, but uh, tune into that as well. And uh, thank you all for uh, listening to the latest episode of the Always Race Day podcast presented by the Carolina Group. <laughs>